All right. Well, good afternoon and welcome to Bible Quest, the Tuesday edition. Um, Drew is not here with us this afternoon, so uh, I'm opening up the show uh, today. Uh, Jonathan, um, it's good to see you guys. And uh, we've got Scott with us. Uh, Scott, how are you doing? Jonathan, I'm doing well. How are you doing today? Doing well. And Stephen with us as well. How are you, Stephen? Doing well. Welcome, everybody. Good. Good to see you guys. Uh, we're going to be continuing our discussion that we had last week. Um, we were uh, answering a question from a viewer uh, who just asked to, to talk about different cultural changes uh, over the last 50 years or so, and, and what are the challenges, what are maybe some of the good things that have come, uh, and really how should Christians be dealing with those things. Uh, and so we're going to continue that discussion today, uh, maybe a little bit more specific uh, into a certain topic. So Scott, where'd you uh, want to get us started at? Uh, well, the same same viewer uh, followed up after our last program and uh, asking us to deal specifically more also with the culture that comes from Hollywood. And so we're going to talk about the cultural effects of the entertainment industry. And then we also may get into lot on this culture's lack of respect for marriage and the family and the need and importance of fathers mm -hmm. and just a lot of the problems in this country come from the absence of fathers the the lack of commitment of men to wives and children etc and we explored that in some detail last week uh, and it's not entirely unconnected from what we're going to be turning to today when the viewer pointed out the things about the the uh, uh, entertainment culture. As we do, we're going to be talking about challenges from culture, opportunities from culture, biblical answers. And let's also be clear about this. Uh, not all of the changes in the last 50 years or 60 years or 100 years have been bad. There have been some changes for the good. Uh, but there's also been a lot of changes for the bad. And we as disciples of Christ don't need to be tossed to and fro by the culture. We need to keep anchoring ourselves on the word. Um, if you lived 60 years ago and society was more evil in this aspect, you should have been standing for what was right then. And if now we're more evil in a different aspect, we need to be standing for what's right now. But where either of you, where do you want to start on just the culture and the entertainment industry and just Hollywood and broader than that, the entertainment industry as well? How much of an effect does it have on our lives? How much has it affected culture and in what ways? Well, I think it's just notable as we start this kind of a conversation to just know how how much it has changed. It, when, you, when you turn on a movie, it doesn't take very long to note how dated it is. <laughs> um, you can kind of tell, okay, what decade is it from? Not just from the special effects and the camera you know, level of technology, but to what, what level of profanity is allowed um, and what types of themes are allowed. And just seeing, I don't think anybody can argue, no matter what your perspective is on it now, that things have changed a lot. Um, in the last 50 years from what just the standards of morality that have been allowed on TV and just every year, every decade, 
it has continued a, a descent and like the things that are on TV now on public access channels are things that would have been totally unallowed, you know, not that long ago. And, and that should alarm us that 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 should wake us up to realize that wait, like we're, we're, we're in a downward spiral here. And Christians need to be a light, we need to be people who are pointing people to a higher standard and talking about, hey, like, there is an objective standard of morality. There's an objective standard of truth. And if we abandon that, look at where we're headed. Um, because everybody has a line somewhere. But when the culture is just sliding downhill, right. Right. we're going to break everybody's line at some point. And once you start that train going in the wrong direction, it's hard to put on the brakes. Two analogies real quick. Uh, the first one just popped into my mind as you were saying that. I'm not sure where this expression came from. I don't know if either of you know. Whenever somebody in the industry, they cross another taboo line, you know, they put something in there in the 70s or 80s that wouldn't have been there before or 90s or, or O's, they call it pushing the envelope, pushing the envelope. Do either of you know where that expression comes from? I don't. Uh, if one of our viewers uh, knows, where does that come from? Or maybe somebody can look it up, pushing the envelope. And it's the idea you're trying to edge things forward. Uh, and just off the top of my head, you know, an envelope is something you can get through a narrow slot, but it also has information in it. And each time they're pushing the envelope, you know, they're wanting to change things. And they don't stop there, because in a few years later, it's pushed farther and farther and farther. I'll share a real quick story from, go ahead, Stephen. So that phrase, it turns out it comes from mathematics and engineering, an envelope is like a boundary. And so the idea of like an envelope is like where a certain realm of physics is operating. And so pushing the envelope is not the idea of like a mailing envelope, okay. but the idea of like a boundary or a realm of effect. And if you're pushing it, it's like you're pushing the boundary. You're pushing the, yeah. the things that are keeping you from going farther. I see. Okay. All right. Thanks for, thanks for looking that up. So uh, I've heard an older brother uh, who we all know and love and respect. Uh, he's uh, well up into his 80s now, uh, if not approaching 90. And I remember him telling about uh, when he was young and his family didn't have a television set and he was away for the summer uh, preaching somewhere else. He was staying with the family for a television set. Uh, they had a television, so it was great getting to, you know, watch some TV. But he, he described what would happen at the beginning. They'd be watching TV, and now this is the 50s. So imagine how different it would be now. And this might have been mid-50s or something. Something would come on the TV, and the, the mom would say, oh, that's just awful. And they would turn it off. And what she was saying was just awful was what you would have had in prime time in the 50s. Later, uh, I think maybe the next summer, something would come on and she would say, oh, that's just awful. But the TV didn't get turned off. The next summer or, or later, the same type of thing would come on and nobody bothered anymore to say that was awful and nobody bothered to turn it off. And so I think we all know the analogy of the frog. I don't know if it's true or not, but they say 
that if you put a frog in some water and just raise the heat gradually, you can cook him without him realizing he's in trouble. I don't know if that's true, but it is true of people and corruption. Mm -hmm. And I just think about the Sermon on the Mount, uh, Matthew 6 and verse 22 and 23, uh, where Jesus said, the eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? And here the eye is not just literally talking about what you take in through your eye, but the idea of your desires. What are you focused on? What is the, the thing that you're filling your life with? And Jesus points out, listen, the things that you take in, the things that you're focused on, your desires are going to affect your whole life. If your eye is full of light, your, your life is going to be full of light. But if your eye is full of darkness, if the things that we're dwelling on, the things that we're putting in is dark, your whole life is going to be dark. And how great is that darkness? And so Jesus is warning us against where we put our affections and what we watch affects that. Uh, right. God knows that media affects us because he gave us a book. Um, it's a form of media to affect us. The ideas that we put in our minds, the ideas that we dwell on, affect our minds and affect our lives. That's right. Jonathan, you had mentioned uh, when we were talking before Ephesians 5 in this regard. How about taking us through that text? Yeah, yeah. Ephesians chapter 5, it shows up in, an, in the letter in the application section of the letter when Paul is writing to the Christians. Um, and uh, he starts off the chapter by saying, be imitators of God. Um, and he gets to verse 3 of Ephesians 5, and he starts listing some things not to have in your life. And as I'm reading through these verses, just like think about entertainment, media, music, movies, uh, TV shows, whatever else. And like, do these things describe a lot of movies, music, TV shows, books, those kinds of things. So verse three, he says, is Ephesians five, verse three, but sexual immorality and all impurity or covetousness must not even be named among you as is proper among saints. Let there be no filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking, which are out of place, but instead let there be thanksgiving. For you may be sure of this, that everyone who is sexually immoral or impure or covetous, that is an idolater, has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Um, so like, you just look at that list. Um, we'll, we'll start, we, we spent most of last week talking about the breakdown of the family uh, and sexual immorality and, and the negative effects of divorce and fornication, those kinds of things. So we've got sexual immorality is number one on this list. Uh, the first thing that Paul brings up. Think about like most movies. What's a common form of movie, like plot line of movie that has to do with promoting sexual immorality? You've got the girl that is like the main character and she's married to a guy that's just a bum or, or just not a really good person or, or stupid or fill in the blank, you know, whatever. And there's the guy that she works with that's really nice and really understands her. And, and you know, they're really good friends. What's the movie trying to promote? You want the girl to get with her friend at work. Well, what is that? That's adultery. adultery. <laughs> um, and that's celebrated in the movie. Like, you know, I really hope that they commit adultery. And nobody says that, but it's like, I really hope that she gets with him. But that's, that's what it is. Um, and like you just go through that list, um, you know, filthiness or foolish talk, crude joking, those kinds of things. Um, there are a lot of like different TV shows or sitcoms or whatever um, that, you know, are funny. They're comedies. What well, makes them funny, though? 
some pretty filthy things, some pretty, uh, you know, crude things. Uh, and you just looked at that list at music, um, uh, sexual immorality, impurity, covetousness, all those can show up in music or things that we listen to and things like that. And like what Stephen said, um, pointed out back in, in Matthew, uh, in the Sermon on the Mount, the things that we engage in and see and think about and, and bring into our lives and look at, they change how we think and, and you know, what we do and, and uh, the things that we tend to say um, and those kinds of things. If we're constantly listening to just vulgar, terrible, awful music, it's going to affect what we say. And so Paul's solution here for the Christian is, is really strong in what he says um, because what you take in, the eyes, the lamp of the body, what you take in, it affects you and changes you. He says, don't let these things even be named among you um, as is proper for the saints. Get it completely out. That's a pretty extreme reaction, but I think a really necessary one when it comes to entertainment because uh, the entertainment in industry um, has really changed our culture, I think, um, in a lot of different ways. It's a, it's a really strong influence, um, and it changes people uh, individually as well. Somebody read verses 7 through 12 also, please. We're in Ephesians chapter 5, 7 through 12. I can read that. Um, Therefore, do not become partners with them. For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of darkness is found in all that is good and right and true. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. For it is shameful to even speak of the things that they do in secret. And we could describe you know, some of the filth that's on television, but it's, it gets into just being shameful, you know, and, and, and vulgar. And if, if you've got a TV and just turn it on randomly, you know, some of the type of things that, that come across there. For a lot of years, we, we haven't had TV. We've got a TV now. We watch certain things on it, but our culture is just, it is pervasive, and there are agendas behind a lot of the writing in those shows. And, and Jonathan well described one, you're rooting for sexual immorality in a lot of the fun. Mm-hmm. Something that stood out to me in uh, watching, I was watching recently, like the making of a particular children's show, and just all of the work, all of the very careful planning that goes into the entertainment that's happening right now from the music to the animation to everything anything that's in that movie has been very carefully crafted to send a particular message sometimes people say oh i just i just want the entertainment i'm not thinking about the message i'm not trying to buy listen if you're watching this stuff they know how powerful it is and you might just be watching it for the action or whatever but they're throwing in stuff that affects you and affects people and they know it does and that's why they're so very careful to design it now not every movie producer has sinister motives right but a lot of them do and we have to engage our media don't just sit back and say oh i'm just watching it for fun or whatever it doesn't affect me no it does affect you so listen think about what you're taking in and weigh it against what you're seeing in god's word is this right? I mean, sometimes I've heard people talk about the Philippians 4-8 test, um, using that as a filter. Finally, brethren, 
uh, whatever is honorable, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. And that's not to say that we never allow anything negative to, to, to see that the Bible has plenty of negative things in it, but it's the way it's portrayed. It's how, what is this saying about the way we behave? What is this saying about where we should go as a culture? Because the entertainment industry is sending very specific messages, and we as Christians need to be prepared to respond to those. I'd like to throw out uh, an argument that gets made and have you guys respond to it. So somebody's going to rather filthy movie. There's, there's going to be a lot of this, a lot of that, but it's an exciting movie or it's a big movie and, and says, well, I'm, you know, I'm strong enough. You know, I'm, I'm strong enough. It won't bother me. Yes. I, I know there's a lot of nudity. Yes. I know there's a lot of, you know, bedroom scenes, but it, it won't bother me responding. So there's a really similar situation of exactly what you said that's happening in first Corinthians. Um, the Corinthians in first Corinthians chapter eight through 10, um, are in a sinful culture. Um, they're in an idolatrous culture and they're, or they've been converted. They've been brought out of that. Paul says that in chapter six, they, you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified. You used to be in this life, but you're not anymore. And the Corinthians, um, are bragging about this knowledge that they have when it comes to going to an idol's temple and saying, oh, we know the idol is not real. Um, you know, we know that God is the real true God. Um, you know, it's just, it's just meat. What, what's the big deal? And by the time that you get to chapter 10 in Paul's discussion, he says, don't go to the idol's temples. You can't partake of the table of demons and the table of the Lord. You can't have fellowship with both. Um, it doesn't matter how much you know, <laughs> don't do that. Um, and so th there's a real Bible example where the apostle Paul says, that's not a good enough <laughs> reason to not yeah. go. Or to go to those things. And what does verse 12 say in that very chapter? Let him that thinketh he standeth. Yeah, take heed lest he fall. Yeah. The, the stronger person is not the one. Like, okay, Mike Pence, okay? He had a policy and has a policy not to go out to dinner or lunch alone with a woman. It's not his wife. Way to go, Mike Pence how many people have gotten themselves in trouble and, and you know when you if you remember the whole me too movement is important in exposing some of the corruption and the the sexual abuse in hollywood but a lot of those actresses are complaining with stuff like this well you know i went to the hotel and i went up to his room and you know what <laughs> there was some foolish behavior right there but some people have criticized Pence and acted like what a weakling, the only thing that keeps him from taking advantage from a woman is wit witnesses. Like what a, what a weakling. No, that's that he's honoring his marriage and he's honoring other people's marriage. That's not weak. That's strong. And when we, when we confuse the two and we say, Oh, I can engage in this because I'm strong. Go ahead, Stephen. Yeah, uh, we just had a couple of comments come in on the Facebook page. Uh, Michael says, good point. Uh, there's a reason companies spend millions of dollars on advertising in movies, TV shows, et cetera. Yeah, people see with their money what people, what people want and they'll give it to them. 
And uh, CJ comments, I think Christians are guilty of being entertained by sin. We do not mean to. Sin is so much more fun than righteousness, so we think. Our culture wants me to give in, but I can't even if we want to, if we want to worship God. Um, and yeah, that's absolutely true, um, that we need to be very careful that we're not letting sin be entertainment. Jonathan? I think um, that what CJ commented uh, makes me think about um, in Romans chapter 1. Um, at the end of that chapter, when Paul is listing all these different things um, that people in the world are consumed with and that they're uh, full of unrighteousness, evil, covetousness, it starts in verse 29, listing all the different things. And um, in verse 32, he says, they know God's righteous decree and that those who practice such things deserve to die. They not only do them, but give approval to those who practice them. Yeah. Right. Um, that part is the part that we leave out. It's like, yeah, we know we're not supposed to do that but you're also not supposed to approve of it either. You're not supposed to take part in it, similar to Ephesians chapter five. Um, and, and that happens a lot. Uh, I think especially, you know, I think that CJ's right. Um, unfortunately, a lot of Christians, uh, myself included, I mean, I've listened to music, I've endorsed certain kinds of, of movies. And after thinking about it more clearly, I'm like, I, I shouldn't be endorsing that movie. I shouldn't be endorsing that song. Um, there's just evil in that. Steven. One of the things I think about in all this is uh, it can it can be very discouraging to be a Christian in this culture and feel like, well, I can't watch this, and I can't do that, and I can't do this. And one of the things we have to realize is that when the Lord is encouraging us and commanding us to take a stand against evil, to call it out, and to abstain from it, it's for our good. Um, there's a statement in Deuteronomy chapter 6, uh, not long after the greatest command, to love the Lord your God with all your heart. That's in verse 5. But down in verse 24, Deuteronomy 6, 24, Moses says, um, And the Lord commanded us to do all these statutes, to fear the Lord our God for our good always, that he might preserve us alive as we are this day. God gives us rules and boundaries for our good. One of the things that we're seeing in our culture is as we cast off restraint, as we push the envelope and break the envelope, it has other consequences that people don't like and don't want, but they don't want the antidote that keeps you from getting there. Right. You're just illustrating it with right. the Me Too movement. We want sexual freedom, we wanna do what we want, but then when a guy uses that to take advantage of a woman, right. okay, well now, now it's a problem, but it's like, do you realize what's led up to that? That's not an excuse for any of the perpetrators. Right, right. But I, I'll bring up another example that's been on my mind is we're dealing a lot with race issues in our country but our culture has been absolutely flooded with Darwinism. And if you go back to Darwin's book and some of the ideas that he perpetuated, it's that yep. some races are favored and some are not. It, it, it absolutely can lead to racist ideas and racist ideologies. We don't like where racist ideologies take us, but we've been pumping our culture full of these ideas and ideas have consequences. Ideas do have consequences. And that's one of the reasons why not everybody that writes a script is part of some conspiracy, but there are a lot of people in that industry with an agenda. Oh, okay. <laughs> with an agenda, and they're going to be pushing those ideas. Uh, I want to turn our attention to, first, I want to ask, get us to talk about opportunities, and then I want to talk about, in particular, two of the agendas that are there. So in this culture, with all this filth, what are some opportunities 
for a disciple of Christ. Jonathan. Um, let me just really quick, because I just remembered, and also we're a few minutes in, some people have been tuning in and out to uh, put a plug in. If, if you guys watching the audience have any comments or questions or thoughts about any of this or anything else, um, you can put that in the Facebook chat or, or in the uh, Zoom chat window or the question and answer page um, as well. Um, some opportunities um, that come up with all these different challenges. I think um, uh, we were talking about this a little bit in the pre-show, um, but evil, um, I don't want to be careful how I say this, evil is never good. <laughs> it, it's never right, but obviously by definition, but evil can lead to good. And God has used evil and, and, and sin to accomplish his purpose. So one way that our culture being saturated with with different kinds of evil entertainment and things like that can lead to good is the more people start seeing darkness for what it really is the easier it is to see the light um so i think the example when we were talking about this earlier scott what you said like a, a flashlight if you turn a flashlight on in a bright room you're not really going to notice the flashlight very much but if it's in a pitch black room you can tell <laughs> where the flashlight is and how bright the flashlight is and that kind of thing right. um this is a, it's a perfect opportunity for christians to shine their lights um, and to and to show you know the good plan of God in comparison to like the alternative of what uh, sexually immoral lifestyle you know brings about or what a racist you know ideology brings about or those kinds of things. Whereas if you're living under God's rules and God's commands, um, shining that light, it's a lot easier to see. So it's not. I wouldn't say that living in an evil culture is a blessing, but it definitely provides better opportunity to stand out against the crowd uh, in that way. And let me, let me throw out one particular for parents out there. There's opportunities here to focus your kids on something better than, than Hollywood trash. And then for people in the community and neighbors and other parents around you to see the difference that that makes. Stephen. Right, you can finish your mic. Um, so, for example, years ago... Um, uh, when uh, this was while April was still at home, uh, we've still got uh, two still at home out of the six. Uh, well, one's in college, home sometimes not. But this is when my oldest was still at home. And she and the other girls here in Gettysburg, it's just a really classy group of girls, just good girls. And they were interested in things that were more mature and more meaningful. And uh, a church somewhere else was asking me to go and work there and I was talking with them and I was talking some of the reasons I liked being here I said just the young people I, I described the young people and the brother a good friend of mine he said he said don't come he said you're not going to find that here and the, what I'm trying to get at here is when you take time and as some other parents were doing here to have girls that were interested not in the latest, you know, fad or, or, or movie star or, or TV series, but they were interested in other things, people notice it. They notice the caliber of those individuals. It stands out. And so instead of letting your child just soak up hours and hours of TV and letting your child be, you know, led by the hook, whichever way Hollywood's going, take the time to watch something beneficial, watch something noble, uh, learn something educational, learn, learn a craft, learn a trade, learn how to do something physical, be using that time instead to do something else. And over time, people are going to see 
And when people see the difference in your child, that gives you credibility to talk to them about important things in life. And it can be an important opportunity for evangelism. Stephen. Another area where there's an opportunity here is just even among so-called Christians in the religious world, when the world is going one direction, there's always going to be a pull for the church to follow. Right. And that's what we're seeing in different religious organizations is that the, the world is starting to cave and people are starting to change their views on the Bible because, well, that's not cool anymore. That's not what the culture, the way the culture is going. And so as religious people are swayed by this, it's pulling off masks. People who have always just really wanted to have some religion, but really live in the world, those masks are getting pulled off more and more. And we first need to make sure we're not wearing a mask, but we also then need to look for the opportunities at people who are caught in religious organizations and they're seeing, wait a minute, the church is accepting what now? It's who's being appointed to lead the church now? And what, what's going, you know, and, and when people see the, 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 a religious organization going a certain way, it can be an opportunity to say, hey, that's not right. We need to hold to the unchanging standards of the scriptures. And that can be an opportunity to, to point people to the truth. Jonathan. A couple of comments that have uh, come in. Uh, Jennifer said, a lot of times, this is back to the argument that we're strong. Uh, a lot of times, this is the argument that we use to watch certain shows, hear certain music, etc. Uh, we say that we're strong and that it won't affect us. Uh, and I've even heard that 1 Thessalonians 5.21 is used to justify this. So 1 Thessalonians uh, 5.21 says, but test everything, hold fast to what is good. Uh, and then she goes uh -huh. on to say, but if you just read the following verse, we'd see that God isn't giving us permission to watch these shows and hear this music. On the contrary, we're called to be holy as God is holy. And so verse 22 of 1 Thessalonians 5 says, abstain from every form of evil. Um, so don't go and test the evil. <laughs> don't go and see how it is. Abstain from that evil, which is a really good point, uh, Jennifer. And then one more, one more comment. Uh, CJ said that in uh, Ephesians chapter 5, we are children of light. We need to walk in the light of Christ, all uh, we are to act like children of the light, not like children of the darkness, which, yeah, that goes back to the whole thing. Don't be partakers with them in Ephesians chapter five. Go ahead, Scott. Oh, sorry. Yeah, just one other comment. Joe in our chat window came in and just said Corinth. And what a great example in the Bible of a city where the world was just infiltrating the, the, cult, the culture of the church. Uh, people were suing each other in Corinth People were suing each other in the church. There's sexual morality in Corinth. There's sexual morality in the church. There's idolatry in Corinth. There's idolatry going on in the church. And, and we just need to, this is why it's so important to engage our entertainment, engage our culture, recognize the, the tactics that Satan is using. We're not ignorant of his schemes, uh, 2 Corinthians 2. When we see it, guard against it so that we can be separate from the world, a light to the world. One point on this idea of testing things, you know, you don't have to get run over by a truck to know it's not good to get run over by a truck. Some parents will show roadkill to their children and let them see what happened to that squirrel or that possum or that uh, uh, woodchuck. And see, that's why you don't run out in the road. The idea, well, I need to try it for myself. No, you don't. You know, it, and too often that's an excuse like in, was it Thyatira, where the ones with Jezebel promoted themselves as we know the deep things of Satan. That's not something to be proud of. 
Um, I want to talk now about some particular agendas. So if you're watching a, a, a television program out of Hollywood, maybe it's a movie, maybe it's a comedy, maybe it's a sitcom, and somebody in that movie is going to be religious, uh, critical of other people's, you know, uh, morality or, you know, that type of thing. What kind of person are they going to be portrayed as in the movie or television show? Often a hypocrite, you know, someone who's uh, better than everybody and, uh, you know, snob. Yeah. And it's easy for writers to, to paint however they want, you know, so that you can make them as hypocritical as you want, as arrogant as you want, as ignorant as you want, as big a buffoon as you want. And if kids watch and watch and watch and watch and watch that, and then who are the smart people in the movie or the sitcom? Yeah, yeah the sinful ones. The opposite. All right, then what about this? How are fathers portrayed? Uh, so go all the way back to the honeymooners, Jackie Gleason. Uh, and at some level, some comedy about, you know, that type of thing can be funny. I've done a lot of stupid things that my family has found funny and I have afterwards found funny. Sometimes even at the time found funny. It can be funny when somebody does something stupid. And so you got Jackie Gleason and he's, he's who the character he is. And then that got continued in with like the Flintstones where, you know, the wives have common sense, but the husbands, you know, can be real knuckleheads and idiots. But then it gets more and more so, so that uh, I saw on a show recently, it was a character, a socially inept character trying to fit in. And so he was trying to make generic small talk. And he said, say, did you see the comedy show on TV last night? You know, the one where the father was a real dummy and then the audience laughed, so you know it was funny. And it's, it's such a staple now. I mean, you get to like Homer Simpson, you know, there was Archie Bunker, Homer Simpson, on and on. Is this, is this an accident? No, it's teenagers are smarter than dad. Of course the mom is got sense while the dad doesn't. Who's the doofus? It's the dad. Why? It goes back to what we were talking about earlier in the week, um, which is the, the devaluation of fathers. Yeah. Um, which, uh, look at our culture today like what we talked about we don't have to revisit every point that we made last week but um with the lack of a good strong male role model in the family the family falls apart same thing with the lack of a good you know female role model you need both of them in the family or the family will fall apart and progressives hate if you ever look at how progressives talk about shows like leave it to beaver or father knows best such disdain, such disdain. And they'll say, the world was never like that. Well, not every family was like that, but there were families with good men who the father was trying to do good for his family. And they disdain that. What they want is a show where the father is, is the idiot and to be disrespected. Other comments, moving on to other topics or anything on that. 
I'll just put a plug here for some some good entertainment. Uh, there is a group uh, called Appian Media. Some of y'all may have heard of them, and they have the reason they're called Appian Media is because the Appian Way was like a main way of spreading goods and services in the Roman Empire, and they realized that the internet and media, spe specifically video media, is the way that ideas are spreading now. And they're really trying to put out some wholesome biblical content. Um, so look them up, YouTube, uh, other places. They have a lot of free uh, videos and resources, some really cool stuff. Um, so we don't just want to tear down. We want to point to some good things. And to make the point that it's not that Christians can't consume any entertainment. We're not saying we go live under a rock somewhere and don't pay attention to anything that's going on and never watch anything that has the possibility of something bad. I mean, the Bible has bad things in it, but again, to engage with our media, don't just be blindly led by the culture, engage it, recognize what you're watching, recognize this is not right. And when you start to see yourself feeling differently about a topic, when you see yourself rooting for the adultery to happen, when you see yourself being tempted to say the words, that are not appropriate, check yourself and say, okay, I need to, to take a break. I need to watch something different. I need to stay away from that um, because it does affect us. And Appian Way, yeah, good guys that do that too. Yeah, Appian Media. And nor are we saying all of your entertainment needs to be like, you know, a Bible story or something. Uh, there's, there's a lot of things in entertainment. And, and also we just don't need to be so dedicated to entertainment. Uh, I think our ancestors would be shocked at how much, you know, we just need circuses, uh, going back to the Roman idea and such. Uh, but now our, you know, just we're, we're, we're consumed with entertainment and lessened by it. But if you're going to watch some entertainment, there's there's lots of things that have a noble message in it. Particularly, there might be, uh, uh, I was asking my uh, youngest son just yesterday to be sure and look at something I'd posted uh, online. I had just seen it, and it, I think it was Sam Elliott retelling the story of a medic who's still alive, and he was at Normandy. And just the suffering and the sacrifice and the nobility and everything is really impressive, real individual. And at the end of that, Sam Elliott steps down into the audience and there's the real guy. He's 98 years old and he gets to shake his hand and tell him what an honor it was to get to tell his story. You know, there, there are powerful things out there that are not catering to the basest things. Jonathan. Uh, another comment that uh, comes in um, from Michael. Uh, he says, it's ironic, this is back to our point about the father figures and, and media. Uh, it's ironic that some of the most popular TV shows had strong family, uh, had strong fathers in the family, uh, and lists a couple: Cosby Show, Family Matters, Fresh Prince of Bel Air, and many others. And to Scott's point, the strong male characters would do goofy things, but the parents were still the leaders and were the wise ones. It's not so ironic that these shows were from two decades ago. So you've kind of seen the degradation. It starts off as just goofy, now it's they're unnecessary, um, kind of thing. Um, Another point that I wanted to make, um, which Scott, you kind of mentioned this, that like our, our ancestors looking and just seeing how much entertainment that we have. Another danger of entertainment, uh, not just in the content, but in the amount, I think. Uh, we go back to Ephesians chapter five. And uh, after he mentions the, the 
uh, walking in the light rather than walking in darkness, being children of light and that kind of thing. In verse 15, he says, look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Um, now, again, it's not that no Christian can ever engage in entertainment. I think God created things to be enjoyed, that we should be entertained and enjoy the things that God has made for us. That's like one of the blessings that God has given us. But if we spend every minute of every day or most of every minute of every day on entertainment, it's not making the best use of the time. And you can see that Stephen pointed this out a little bit last week. Um, this wasn't the point that we were making, but in one of the quotes that he had, um, that a lot of uh, you know young men, uh, people that are on my age group, mid-20s, late-20s, early-30s, and stuff like that, want to be treated like men. They want the respect of men, but they want the responsibility of a child <laughs> that they can go and play video games all day, every day, or, or whatever. And being consumed by that lifestyle to the point where it's just all the time entertainment is just going to destroy, um, you know, any, any sense of responsibility, uh, any sense of maturity and that kind of thing. It's not that we can't partake in that a little bit, um, but it shouldn't be the main part of our life. And also, uh, if you're a dad out there, instead of buying your kid a video where he can play basketball like this, or a video where he can go fishing like this or hunting like this, you know, maybe go play ball with your kid. Maybe take him fishing if that's what you're into. Maybe take him hunting. You know, instead of, this isn't real life. Have either of you ever seen the movie, uh, it's about a robot cleaning up uh, destroyed earth. Is it Wally? Is that the name of the movie? Do you remember they took all the people on Earth and put them on this, you know, spacecraft floating around? And what productive things were the humans doing up there? Nothing. What, what were they doing? Sitting in chairs, watching screens. Yeah, yeah. And they, they, they've become so unfit that if they fall, they can't get up. Robots need to come and pick them up. But they're, it's just, they're just being entertained by screens. Kind of sad. Yeah. One verse I wanted to bring it up in this is in first Peter two. Um, and just talking about being aware of what's going on around us. First uh, Peter two in verse 11, um, he's writing to Christians who are suffering and trying to be a light to the world. He says, beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from passions of the flesh, which wage war against your soul. Keep your conduct, um, conduct among the Gentiles honorable, so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. Uh, one of the most important things we can be doing right now as we're abstaining from some of the, the nastiness in entertainment and in the world and trying to keep ourselves honorable is being a good example to people. Again, as the world gets darker, the light gets brighter, and one of, the, one of the things that's going to happen is people are going to malign Christians. People are going to call out Christians as being bigoted and hateful and backwards and antiquated and, you know, fill in the blank. That's, that's already started to happen. I suspect it will happen more. It was happening in those days. There's nothing new under the sun. But one of the things he points out here is so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds. Live in such a way that those insults won't stick. 
even if that's what the media and the culture and people are saying, when people see a real Christian, they're like, wait a minute, people have told me this and this and this about Christians, but you're not like that. Uh, now you're holding to the standards that Christians hold to, but you're not being a holier than thou, you know, caricature about it. You're, you're speaking the truth in love. And I'm starting to see, hey, there's some real benefits to what you're saying. I see something different in you than what I see in the world and what I'm watching on TV. And this is, this is the way to go. And so that was the exhortation to Christians in the first century. And it's absolutely the exhortation that we need. You live in such a way that you're in a war for your soul. You resist and you be a good example so that people can see that there's something better than what this world is feeding us. Scott, you're muted. Any other final thoughts? That's all I got. All right. I'll, um, I'll close with this, this word, and then Jonathan will close us out. Just helping our kids understand that privilege comes with responsibility. Because in our culture, it's, it's kind of now all about privilege. Uh, and without privilege, without responsibilities, we're going to lose our privileges anyway. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you guys for your comments uh, for the discussion today. Um, those in our audience, we hope that this is helpful for you guys. Um, if you have any other questions or comments about this topic uh, or any other topic or any Bible passage or anything like that, you can submit that to us at BibleQuest.tv. Uh, we'd be happy to discuss that, um, go through a particular text or talk about some kind of cultural change or, or, or anything that would be helpful for us, um, trying to see what God's will is for us uh, using the scriptures to do that. So thank you guys, and we will see you all next week, Lord willing.